and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouett, and today we're talking about The Ant-Man. And joining me today is Lisa York. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I think I think I need some coffee for this episode. <laughs> I'm a little sleepy, but it's okay. But we're going to get through it. We're going to do it. Because this is a fun movie. I really enjoy Ant-Man. So. Oh, yeah. I love Ant-Man. I think it's, I think it's one of the, the best comedy ones that came out like at this point in time in the MCU. For sure. And it's a good... It, you don't need to watch really anything else. There's like a little callback in there to the Avengers, but you don't need to know who they are. It's like a good accessible film. But before wait, before we get into everything and before we start rambling, um, tell me tell me who you are and um just tell me about yourself. So I'm Lisa. I'm twenty-eight. I'm from southeastern Michigan, born and raised. Um you know, I've been into a lot of different fandoms my whole life. Like my original fandom was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and nice. I'm still like in that fandom. <laughs> um and then I like do Renfest a lot. I that's my my cosplay is doing Renaissance festivals. Um, and I really got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe through my boyfriend, and he's the one who really helped me get into comic books. Like, we do the comic book day every April, and that's awesome. Um, yeah, I got really into the Punisher series, is one of my favorite comic series. Um, War Journal is the one that I'm like collecting, but yeah, and then we got into the MCU, we've watched all of them in succession. It's been great, I'm really excited. I'm excited too, and this is a it's a journey that we've all been on leading up to the end game. And, you know, it's been a while. It's been a long journey in the making, but, but yeah, I'm excited. I will tell you, I don't know much about the Punisher. I, um, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't watch any of the Netflix shows for the MCU. Like I just watched like the movies. So I didn't watch any of the Netflix shows. I think I've read one Spider-Man comic where there was like, a crossover kind of thing with the Punisher. I don't know. So I know nothing. So I'm sorry that you're. That... Oh no, it's okay. No, I just like that. Like <laughs> you know, he actually kills people, and it gets like really gory at times. Really dark. I don't know. It's it's really dark. <laughs> it's fine. You know, that's that's what yeah. I mean. Most of the Marvel characters are very like. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say they're like anti-killer because like that's not what they are. Like this isn't Batman. Yeah. We see a lot of that <laughs> happening, but it's very much like in your face i know i know what you mean it's cool it's a it's a different marvel uh is it is he a hero or would you call him like a you know like it's hard like because he does kill like the bad guys right but like i mean he's not really a good guy would i would say you know what i mean (laughs) so he's not like an anti-hero but he's uh i don't know we'll see this is not an episode about uh (laughs) the punisher but i am very intrigued (laughs) So uh, I will I will do my research on the Punisher for the next time. Um, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, welcome welcome to the snap. Uh, so yeah, Ant Man is what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to be doing this uh, ten minute recap on Ant Man. Um, after the recap, we're going to get into talking about the movie, how we feel about it, um, and then we're going to rate the movie in my list, which is going to be great. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you, of course, what your top three favorite uh, MCU films are, which is going to be good, too. And then, per usual, we're going to get into the endgame spoilers and, like, what we want from the film. So, yeah. Are you are you ready, Lisa, for me to go on for the recap? 
I am 100% ready for it. All right, so let's do it. So this is the recap on Ant-Man. So... We see a younger Hank Pym meet with Howard Stark and Peggy Carter at S.H.I.E.L.D. Hank tells Stark that he is not his errand boy and he knows that they're stealing his research. So he puts in his resignation and Stark says that this particle he's created is the future and they need him. Hank says, as long as he's alive, no one will ever get that formula. So we meet Scott Lang in prison fighting with another inmate. Apparently, it's the ceremony to say goodbye to inmates who are being released. So he steps out of jail, meets his friend Louis, who's here to pick him up. He says he's going to introduce him to some really skilled people, but Scott says he's not going back. He's got a daughter to take care of. Besides, he's got a master's in engineering. It's not going to be hard for him to get a job. So we see him working at Baskin Robbins, um, but they find out he's an ex-con and they fire him because Baskin Robbins always finds out. So he goes home to meet Louie and two other guys at his place. Louie tells him about an older retired man whose house is empty and they should rob him. But he's like, no, I'm out. So we see Dr. Pym, Dr. Hank Pym, show up to Pym Technologies and meets with his daughter, Hope, and the new owner of the company, Dr. Darren Cross. She seems to not want to be around her dad at all. They go down to the research lab and Cross introduces Hank Pym as the founder of the company and his mentor. He says when he took over the company, he started researching the atom to create a soldier the size of an insect, shows off the old Ant-Man and Wasp footage, and Hank says it was just a tall tale for propaganda. So Cross is like, I was inspired by the legend of the Ant-Man. Could it be possible to shrink a person? Well, it's not legend anymore. He brings in the Yellow Jacket, a weapon of war that looks just like the ant suit, but has stingers on it. He wants an army of Yellow Jackets built around the world. So Hank tells him that there was a reason he buried those secrets and tells him to not do this. So he walks away and Hope talks to her dad. And she says she has crossed crosses trust and she's ready to move in and stop this project if he just gives her the suit and he's like no i found a guy scott shows up to his daughter's birthday party uninvited and her mom kicks him out and says if you get a job an apartment and child support then we could talk about visitation so one of the men who was in the meeting with cross and them uh, wasn't too thrilled about this idea and says what if it comes into the arms of the enemy so Cross meets him in the bathroom and kills him by trying to shrink him, but fails, causing his body to, like, smush into this matter. So Hope meets Cross for dinner, and she's, like, playing a double agent, and they talk about how they forced her dad out of the company for failing both of them as a mentor and a father. She says he deserves everything coming his way. So Scott knows that he needs to get money to get a place and to take care of his daughter, so he decides to help the friends to rob this older, retired man. Louis tells him this long story about how he found out about this tip-off. So there's an old man, he has a safe, he's gone for a week. So they get to working, they get all their supplies together, they find the place, Scott goes in, he scales the building, sets up his hacking system to put down the alarm while the other guys stand by and watch. He goes downstairs, he finds this big door sealed tight with a fingerprint lock, um he basically he does the stuff he gets the fingerprint he opens the door further in he finds the seriously old sealed safe says they had these on the titanic so he starts drilling and uses some ice and science stuff that i'm not going to pretend to understand um to make the door cold so it busts open and he doesn't find cash or jewels inside he just finds this old quote motorcycle suit uh we see this small ant with a camera on him watching scott steal the suit and hank is watching the whole time so Hoping Cross are in the lab with the experiment. Cross brings in a lamb instead of a mouse, and the experiment fails, and the lamb dies just like the man he killed before. 
Scott goes back home, puts on a suit just for funsies. While in the suit, his friends come home and he goes to hide in the shower and notices buttons on his hands and presses them to shrink. Uh, Hank talks to him inside of his head and he's sitting inside of the bathtub and he's like, all right, this is your first test. So he's freaking out. He flies out of the tub, falls through the crack in the ground, goes into the apartment below. There's like a rave happening and he's trying not to get stepped on even further. And he just keeps doing these things. And then finally he flies out of the window, lands on a car, turns regular size again. And Hank's like, well, that was a good trial run. Keep the suit. And he's like, no way. So he goes to return the suit to the house. He gets arrested. And in jail, he meets Hank Pym, who walks in pretending to be his lawyer. And he tells Scott that... You have a choice. You could spend the rest of your life in prison, or you could go back to your cell and wait for my my signal. He doesn't have any other options, and neither does Hank. He um, tipped off the people who tipped off Louis because he's been watching them this whole time. So this small ant brings in this tiny suit, and Scott puts it on, shrinks in it, and escapes prison. Hank's ant associates pick him up and fly him out of there. So he... As he's flying out, he, like, passes out from the motion sickness. He wakes up in front of Hope inside of Hank's house. He meets with Dr. Pym and Hope, and she's like, we don't need this dude. And Hank says he was impressed with the way that Scott went through his security system. And he says he's been watching him for a while, ever since he robbed Vistacorp. It was one of the most advanced security systems in the business. And Scott's like, who are you people? What am I doing here? So Hank walks him downstairs to his lab and shows him all this stuff and tells him about the Ant-Man. He says it was too dangerous and he hid it from the world. He started a business called Pimcorp and took on his peer, Darren Cross, who in time became obsessed with this formula and kicked him out of the out of the business. He believes everyone deserves a shot at redemption. And he says, if you help me, I can help you with your daughter again. And he's like, all right, let's do this. My days of breaking into places and stealing shit is done. What can I do? And Hank says... I need you to break into somewhere and steal some shit. So Cross successfully shrinks the lamb down for miniature size. And Hank says that they need to break into Pimcor and steal the yellow jacket. So Scott's like, why don't you just send the Avengers? And he says he's been trying for many years to keep his technology out of the hands of Stark. Besides, they're probably too busy dropping cities. So Hope walks in and says they only have days to do this. So she's putting on the suit because she knows it inside and out. And she could do this better than anyone. And Hank yells at her and says, no. And he says that he can't do it because he spent years in it and it took a toll on him. So he says, uh, before Hope lost her mother, she used to think of him as the greatest man in the world, but now he's a disappointment. This is Scott's chance to be a hero in his daughter's eyes. Scott starts his training in the suit. Hope trains him on physical fights since she's trained in martial arts. Hank says she took that up after her mother died in a plane crash. And she's like, it's bad enough that you won't tell me about it, so don't lie. He starts to learn about the different kind of ants he can use to help him fight. He then learns about the building and how he's going to sneak in and steal the yellow jacket. He tries to learn how to control the ants with his head using target practice to shrink and grow things. Um, The last step is to talk to the ants through his head. Um, And he can't do it, so Hope takes over and makes them come from everywhere in the room. She walks away angry. Scott goes after her. And Scott tells her, that he's expendable. That's why he's in the suit and not her. And Hank would rather lose this fight than to lose her. So she helps him concentrate, tells him to think about Cassie to focus. He does this. He successfully gets the aunt to pick something up for him. They go back inside and Hank finally tells Hope how her mother died. She joined him on his missions and they called her the Wasp and he regrets every day letting her join him. The Separatists launched a missile at the U.S. and the only way to stop it was through a teeny little space in solid titanium. 
He knew he had to shrink between the molecules to disarm the missile, but his regulator was stuck. Her mother didn't hesitate, and she went through. She went subatomic to deactivate the bomb, and she was gone instantly. Her mom died a hero, and he spent the next 10 years trying to learn everything he could about the quantum realm. And he didn't tell her because he was trying to protect her, and he didn't mean to lose her, too. So, for Scott's first test mission, he needs to go to one of Howard Stark's old facilities to retrieve some of Hank's technology. But he needs to go in stealth. So him and the ants take off, find out that it is not some old warehouse anymore, and it is the brand new Avengers facility. So he lands on the roof of the building, and Falcon lands on top, and he's like, I see somebody, where are you? And Scott pops up, says he's a big fan, but he needs to borrow something. So he goes small, and him and Falcon start this big fight. They're going back and forth, and it's the first time we've seen Scott in action, which is really cool. So he gets inside a Falcon suit and shuts down his tech, goes in, steals what he needs to for the mission, and Falcon's like, make sure Cap never finds out about this. So Hank walks into the front room, and Darren is inside. Apparently, he left the front door open. He wants him to be at the presentation tomorrow to see what he's created because they're going to make a fortune off of his new technology. He asks, why did you push me away? And Hank says, I saw too much of myself in you. So he leaves and he calls Hope and tells her that he's tripling his security for the event. So... They decide, what are they going to do about this? They're going to bring Scott's friends in to help him out. So uh, this scene's funny. He brings the suit in to show his friends what he can do, and they're all freaking out. So Scott walks Hope out. They fill her a little bit before the big day. Um, So it's time for the mission. They go out. Uh, Louis sneaks in a security and lowers the water pressure so Scott and the ants can sneak in through the pipe system. Hank shows up to the event while Hope is inside and puts the decoy tech that they stole from the Avengers facility in place. Hope, Hank, and Cross go to the tech room where he shrunk the lamb. He has a bunch of men from Hydra walk in with them and says this is who he's selling the tech to. Meanwhile, Scott is going through a bunch of ins and outs of the system to shut down the suit, um, or to shut down the, uh, the technology surrounding the suit, the security. He puts a bunch of explosive in there so he can sneak in and grab the suit. He goes down and Cross takes the yellow jacket out and traps Scott in the suit. He already knew who he was and knew about the plan already. So he goes to shoot Hank. Hope says he's sick and she just wants to help him. Um, And she puts a gun on him. He won't drop his weapon, says that she picked the wrong side and Hank gets shot. Scott busts out of the trap. They all start fighting um, and Cross escapes while he goes to check on Hank. So Hope says she's going to stay. Scott goes after the suit. But before Cross can escape, Ant-Man sneaks onto the helicopter and starts the fight to steal the suit. Cross asks Scott if he thinks he can stop the future with a heist. And he says it was never just a heist. And they look down and the entire Pym Corp building explodes, assuming everybody was already out. So Cross is furious. He puts on the Yellow Jacket suit and starts fighting Ant-Man. They both shrink into the briefcase. They're fighting inside it. It falls all the way to the ground out of the helicopter. They're now fighting inside someone's home. Scott knocks him into a bug zapper, and the cops roll up. So they arrest Scott. They're going to bring him back to jail, and they get a call that there's a disturbance at Scott's house. Well, Scott's kid's house. So Cross is here holding Cassie hostage so that Ant-Man will come to her rescue. They start a fight in Cassie's room with all of her toys. The fight lasts a while with both of them going back and forth. And the only way he can shut down the suit and save his daughter is if he goes subatomic and shrinks between the molecules to tear the suit apart from the inside. So Scott goes subatomic. He he does it. He gets 
all the suit messed up and you see Yellow Jacket uh, kind of shrink into oblivion. But he can't grow back and he keeps shrinking and shrinking into the reality between time and space. But he can hear Cassie calling for him and he messes with the regulator a little bit and finally grows back to normal size. So the next day, Scott tells Hank that he doesn't remember anything. As he leaves, Hank contemplates if it's possible for his wife to still be alive in there. He goes to walk out and sees Scott and Hope kissing and he's like, when did this happen? So Scott's phone starts ringing at dinner and he shows up to Louis to get the facts of why he met them there. And you know Louis, so he goes off on this tangent. He says he knows this guy who was with this girl at a bar and Stan Lee cameos here as a bartender who's like, she's crazy stupid fine. And this girl knows this journalist who says her contact works with the Avengers and says, yo, I'm looking for this dude with this tech. And she says, well, we got a guy who jumps, who swings, who crawls up a wall. And she just keeps, all this happens basically all of this dialogue to just say that Falcon is looking for him. And the movie ends. Uh, we get two end scenes here. So end scene one, Hank shows Hope a wasp suit that they were working on and says that her mother never really got to use it because really they were working on it for her. So maybe it's time that they finished it. So end scene two, we see Cap and Falcon meet with Bucky, who they have held down. Um, so Cap says, don't call Tony about this. They're on their own. And Falcon says, uh, maybe not. I know a guy. So that is Ant-Man. What do we think about it? So I think that Ant-Man is one of the MCU movies that I feel like it's left in the dark a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like Scott Lang gets the credit he deserves because he's like a super smart guy. He is, you know, yeah. Like, he hacked into the VistaCorp security system and gave millions of dollars or overcharged his customers, you know, like a modern day Robin Hood. And then when he breaks into Hank Pym's house, like, who would know how to do all that stuff? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he does get kind of, like, tossed aside as just some, like, some dude or, like, he was some burglar and things like that. But, like, you're right. Like, he, didn't he say he had, he has a degree in, um, uh, in, I'm blanking. He said in the beginning he had a degree in something. Yeah. And and then, yeah, like, he's super smart. He did all that stuff. And I think that's why, obviously, that's why Hank was watching him and getting ready for him to take on this role. But, like, I think people do just, like, forget that. Think of him as yeah. just some, some burglar. He's just, like, some some stupid burglar. Because, like, he's, like every, he's the everyman, you know? Yeah. Like, he, they make it so, like, everybody can relate to him in some sort of way. But, like, they don't realize that he is super smart, too. And I, I feel like that... That bums me out that people just, like, forget about that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. I really, <laughs> I think, um, I think the main reason why I like this movie, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but people always like to talk about Spider-Man being, like, the the character people can, like, reason with the most. The people can see themselves being Spider-Man. That's why we love Spider-Man so much, because mm -hmm. he's just like us, but except, you know, the spider stuff. But he deals with human things, and I think this film shows that like ant-man is just he's dealing with demons that he's continuously kind of in this spiral of he goes to jail right because he's doing something he's he's got this job but he does this because he feels like it's right he loses a job and exactly he's got to yeah. do what's right but then he goes to jail gets out he wants to be a part of his daughter's life he can't because he doesn't have the money and he's not keeping a steady job so how does he do it he goes back into like this business so it's like this spiral that this circle that he keeps going through because he wants to do the right thing and he wants to be a part of his daughter's life 
And we see that a lot. And like the fact that we have this relationship with the characters that's really real of like a separation of parents, a child and like the mom and the stepdad and the dad wanting to be a part of this kid's life. So I think that's like a very real situation that a lot of people deal with. And I think that's why uh, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man can be so relatable as a character. And I really like that. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And like, it's just like even Hank Pym at one point in time says, like, are you ready for like your redemption? Like, Mm -hmm. it's all about redemption. Like, you might hit rock bottom, but like you can build yourself back up. And like, that's what Ant-Man does. Like, he builds himself up from being like having no job, just getting out of jail, like all this. And then he redeems himself, really, you know, like he's able to be that hero that his daughter thinks he is. Right. And I think that's great. I think that's just awesome. That is really cool, especially because we see the dynamic as well with Hank and Hope. And it's almost like the opposite. Like Hank feels like he has let his daughter down and he's not the person that she wanted him to be. And this is Scott's chance to be that for his daughter. Right. So it's a cool little flip flop of like, don't make my mistakes. And be better, even though yeah, we no. like to think of him being like the expendable one. That's the reason he's there, not hope, because he's expendable. But I think he, there is that, you know, that he he can be, he can be the person that he wasn't. I I like that too. So yeah, and like it's funny because her name's Hope, and that the point where they're in the car and she's the one who's like telling him that. Like, you know, oh, my dad, whatever. And then he's like, well, I'm here because I'm expendable, like you just said. And then he get like, she gives him hope, which I think right. is really funny. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I like that little pun that they did without, like, actually saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little dad joke that they threw in it there. Is. I like that. I love hope. I think she's an amazing character. And I can't wait. Like, I loved, I loved her as the Wasp and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp kind of fell flat for me, but her as a character, I'm really excited to... I mean, okay, we're not going to talk Infinity War spoilers or anything, but mm-hmm. I want to see her come back and do more. So Yes, I would really like that. Because, like, for me, I actually liked Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, a little tiny bit more than Ant-Man. Really? Okay. I did. Um, Not by much. Like, it's a very, like, very small amount. I think it's, like, I like, because the, there was just more combat. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. But I did love the combat in this film. Like, I felt like the combat scenes, like, were so funny, but so well done at the same time. And, like, just the little nods that they did. Like, when when Ant-Man and the Falcon are uh, fighting at Avengers Facility. I love facility. that scene. It's oh so my good. God. <laughs> it's so funny. Because, like, it's good. And, and that's the first time that you really see the Ant-Man suit, like, in action. Right. And I just, I thought they did that so well. And it was like the little cameo of Falcon. Because, like, not many people know Falcon, right. you know? But you do, like, you see him and you're like, oh, okay, Falcon's in this. So, like, they didn't need any big Avengers characters. But still having him there, it was, like, a really good nod towards the MCU. It, like, really pulled it in. Also, like, the scene where Hank is telling him, like, why he's here and why he needs him. He's like can't you just get the Avengers to do it? And he's like, no, (laughs) dude. First of all, I have been trying to hide this stuff from Stark forever. So, like, why would I just lead him right to it? And second of all, like, 
they're dropping cities right now. Like we don't need to deal with them. We could do this ourselves. And and yeah, I love that. There's like little ties in to uh, the MCU, but it, it standalone. It's a great film. It's got a lot of humor. Um, mm-hmm. Louis great. Such a funny character. Oh my gosh, he is so ridiculous. Like every time <laughs> I just I just laugh whenever he goes on mm-hmm. his little tangents. Like so it's funny. so good every time. <laughs> um there is a really cool Easter egg too, because I'm thinking I'm like jumping around, but I'm thinking about that one scene at the end when Louis is like telling him his his he's going off on his tangent and he's telling him about like how Falcon is looking for him. And there's yes. that seed with the girl who's like, I know a journalist. And the journalist is like, yeah, we have guys that uh, like stick to wall, run on walls and like swing around and stuff. And then you're like, oh, she's talking about Spider-Man, isn't she? That was yeah. a really cool scene. That was really cool. Little my, my favorite scene in the entire movie, though, is actually when Yellow Jacket and Ant-Man are in Cassie's room. And it's the Thomas the Tank Engine scene. Mm-hmm is my absolute favorite point in time in the movie. Oh my gosh. Like I, I've watched a gif of it like 30 times just because I think it's so funny. Cause it looks so dramatic and so intense seeing yellow jacket, like on the train tracks. And then like you see it from Cassie's point of view and it's just toys falling over. And to me, that is like the comedic point in the movie where it's just like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want right now. Yeah, and not to mention, like, so I loved the Yellow Jacket. I loved the whole fight and that character. But I thought Darren Cross fell a little flat for me. Like, the lead-up to Yellow Jacket, I was just kind of like, this guy is just, a, like, a douche. Like, he he doesn't come off as, like, scary. He just comes off as annoying. But when he put on the suit and that fight started between them, like, that was when I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's getting serious. I could see that. I could see that. Because I agree. I think that Darren Cross was just, he's just evil for the sake of being evil. Right. Like, so I don't feel like he had really anything, no real motivation, other than just being jealous that Hank was Ant-Man at one point in time. <laughs> yeah, that was that was literally the only, like, he was just really nasty from the start without saying anything. And then the scene when he's at the house and he's like, why didn't you, like, tell me? Or why didn't you... What did he, he says, like, why don't you give me the, like, attention I need? It's something, like, something very yeah. administrative. And he's just like, I saw too much of myself in you. And that's it. And then now this dude is, like, crazy and he's evil. And I think Hope mentions the slightest at some point that sh- that he's got, like, he's been trying on the suit himself and it's messing with his brain chemistry. And that mm-hmm. that's the reason why he's being really crazy. But, like, we don't see that at all. And it's just, like, one little mention of it. So. Yeah. And it's just, like. And like like we always see in a lot of MCU or just Marvel in general, it's the villain that's just a little bit more powerful than yeah, that's the like superhero. So repetitive. <laughs> that is so repetitive. <laughs> like all the Iron Man films, it's basically all the villains in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, Hulk this film. was yeah the this is this is the same the same thing. Mm-hmm. But but overall though, I think I think it was good. Like oh, I really yeah. liked it. I thought it was really funny. And like like you said, like it, it can be a standalone film. And that I think is really important for like more side characters that they have. Cause because like I mean like an Iron Man film, like, yeah, they can be standalone or like Thor or anything like that. But 
you almost want to watch the Avengers because of it. But like with Ant-Man, like you could just watch Ant-Man and only watch Ant-Man. Right. And I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. That's that's like one of the main reasons why I like this film. Um, I loved seeing everything with the ants and all. When I first heard about Ant-Man coming out, I was like, I don't really know anything about Ant-Man, but I guess... I'll like look stuff up and it seemed like a cool like I read a few comics and I was like it seems okay it seems cool but the way that they did it like with the uh like the shrinking and seeing the ants and him using the ants to fly and everything was really it did such a really good job yeah and I feel like it's gonna age well too like a lot of times when they have like such extreme uh effects like that i always worry that in 10 years like when i watch this is it gonna still look good and i feel like with the way that they did it i think it still will i think it's still gonna look good in 10 years and that's what i'm really excited for yeah something about like the way they edited the film like whenever he shrunk like if it was kind of like he was the main focus with the backgrounds mm-hmm. like blurred out was it just it looks really nice it they did a really good job with that I love that that scene where he first shrinks and he's like he's going down the drain and then he goes well he no no he doesn't go there he goes in the water he almost does and then he gets out he goes down to the next floor and he's like trying to hide from the shoes then he goes down to yeah. the next one like that whole sequence of him like being really small and trying not to get like smushed or anything is just so good such a good introduction to like the character oh i agree the only thing the only thing that i notice like when i'm watching it and i i I point this out to zachary every time um and he he doesn't agree with me but like for some reason like my brain thinks that he looks like like when he first shrunk down in the tub i felt like he looked like he was like two inches tall and then like the water starts and then i feel like he looks like he's like a centimeter tall and i feel like like during that scene especially i feel like he looks bigger in some parts but then like he couldn't be that big because he falls through a crack in the floor. You know what I mean? Hmm. I'm going to have to, like, rewatch to, like, really get a view on what you're saying. But, like, I can see that. I could see. But that's, yeah. like, the only time where I ever really notice it. Like, any other time in the film, like, I feel like, okay, he's small and he looks that small and that's it. But just for some reason in that scene when he first shrinks down and then when you see him from a different angle, I just feel like it looks like he's two different sizes. Yeah. So, um, I know we get introduced to the quantum realm, which is very, very important for, Mm -hmm. um, Endgame, which is really cool, except in this movie, everything we know about the quantum realm is just, like, speculation. Like, Hank's like, I've spent my whole life trying to study it, but I know nothing. And then you're just like, weren't, like, okay, and then (laughs) don't, don't go and don't shrink yourself that because you're going to go into the quantum realm and he does it and he comes back from it and i know that's the whole basically the whole plot of ant-man and the wasp is to teach us more about it and we figure out more about it so we can move from that and go on to uh infinity war but for some reason i just feel like it didn't need to be two movies i mean i know they wanted to have such a and they did they did a really good like origin introduction to scott lang and I know that's what the first movie was about, but I just, again, I've only seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think, once in theaters. I haven't rewatched it yet since I started the podcast, so I'm going to have to rewatch it to, like, see how I feel about it. But I remembered it just being very, like, okay, quantum realm. I think, I think I know what you're talking about, because when I first watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, I, I didn't know where I was going to put it, you know? And then... 
rewatching the entire MCU from start to finish to where we're at right now anyways, I I liked Ant-Man like in the Wasp because like Ant-Man's great and I love Ant-Man, but like with the other movies surrounding Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think that it's good that they did it the way they did because then you have little nods from other things as well. And then because they just kind of nod you at the quantum realm, it like almost makes it. So the next couple movies, you're like, I wonder if they're going to talk about the quantum. Realm. Is there going to talk? Is this the part where they're going to talk about the quantum realm? Are they going to do it here? Like, and it kind of like gives you like that. Right. When you yeah. Watch I it. see that. I see that for sure. But I'm excited to see more with the quantum Yeah, realm. I am too, but I still think that they're lying to us in the trailer, um, and that none of the trailers for Endgame are real. But that's <laughs> for the later topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited to tell you about my uh, ridiculous theory, but yeah. we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I liked um, also that in the comics, it's the same thing, like Hank Pym is the original ant-man and then scott lang is the secondary one so i really like that they did that like they didn't start us out with like a new person creating the suit and they showed us like the old the old ant-man and how he's recruiting somebody new so i thought that was really cool no Um, i like that too i like the chemistry between the two of them uh uh scott and hope even though like they're really shitty well she's really shitty towards him at first (laughs) uh but towards the end like it's like playful fun and flirting like that when he catches them kissing and he's like what is this and she's like it's nothing and he was like uh i kind of think it's something like what and (laughs) it's it's just great and then he's like why would you kiss me like i don't know why you would even think about doing that (laughs) like he says that towards her and i just it's so good because i feel like that's the thing that i love about the way scott lang talks is like I feel like he talks like I do with my friends. Like the way that he enunciated enunciates things, just the way that he phrases things, like mm-hmm. I feel like it's a real life conversation. Right. And that's what I love because like like that scene like you were saying, that would be a conversation between my boyfriend and I. Like, <laughs> you know, being ridiculous and I just love that type of stuff. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's great. It's playful. Mhm. He's a great, he's a great Ant-Man. Also, shout out to Paul Rudd. We're recording um, the day after his birthday. So happy birthday, Paul Rudd. I cannot believe you turned 50 because you are an angel and you look like you're in your late 20s. He he hasn't aged in over 20 years. Like I was, that was in class the other day and this girl didn't know who Paul Rudd was because I'm doing a paper on Ant-Man too. So... (laughs) <laughs> which is really funny but um so i was talking about paul rudd and she's like who's paul rudd and i was like what how dare her how <laughs> like, excuse me <laughs> so i showed her a picture and i was like he, she's like how old is he i was like i don't know he hasn't aged in 20 years and i showed her like a picture from like 2000 and a picture of him from right now and she's like holy crap he hasn't aged no, he dude. is the same person <laughs> like uh, he still looks like he did in clueless just like a little bit older like, yeah it's I don't understand it. He's got a. He has to tell us a secret because <laughs> the quantum realm. That's the secret. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so one point I want to talk about is the dynamic between um, I forget his name, but Cassie's new stepdad, Preston, Preston and Scott, because that dynamic to me is interesting. Because at the beginning of the movie, like he 
does not like Scott. Like, no, he thinks he's, he's the worst human. Dick. Yeah. And there's a point in time where Cassie goes, are you looking for my daddy? And Preston's like, yeah, we just want to make sure he's safe. And she goes, I hope you don't catch him like that. <laughs> oh, my God. So good, because I think that really helped Preston to, like, kind of start to think of Scott in a different light, too. Right. Maybe. Maybe just a little bit. But I'm so glad at the end of the film that they are cool. Like, and yeah. he's like, yeah. And you get to see, like, an actual, like, like yes, they, uh, the parents are split up, but that doesn't mean that they could still not have a family, you know? So I, I love mm-hmm. that, that scene. That was a great scene. Yeah, and, like, how he was just like, yeah, so... I don't know what happened with the film, like the recording, but I definitely processed all your paperwork right. <laughs> like that was, I was like, okay, I like you now right. because you were a dick at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> he really was. I mean, he's a cop, and the her his. Uh, I'm assuming they're married. So his yeah. stepdaughter's dad is an ex-con. So like, I I get it, but he was like really, really mean <laughs> extremely dickish yeah. like it's almost like too dickish it's too like, come dickish. on now yeah <laughs> like just tone it back just a just little a bit little, you know <laughs> but yeah um, is there any points that you like what was your favorite part of the movie who i love the entire um like heist scene when like they get everybody involved and you know they're keeping watch and louis in security and Right, and then uh, Scott is like going in with ants. He's going through the water, and then he pops down and he goes to grab the the yellow jacket suit. And then uh, Darren's like, "Nope, I was on to y'all the whole time." And I was, it's like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, you're still like, "Oh shit!" So yeah. Now, but my only question on that scene is okay so he's in the water pipe right Mm -hmm. and he's on top of all the ants to get to the one section where he needs to go up the water how did those ants get there that's a great question because like they're like they had to make the water main the water pressure lower so he could get into the water pipe but then there's ants there like ready to catch him like how did they get there first did they just like were they quicker than him into the water maybe i don't know that's a great question because i was like well maybe (laughs) since they're ants they could have bypassed like the tougher security because they're bugs but at the same time like he's the same size as them i don't know if he'd have like a like a regular heat signature I don't know. Oh, that that's might, a great that question. That could be it too, though, because like heat signature might be different with ants. Like I don't know their anatomy or anything like right. that. So that that could be it. I'm not sure. You know, um, plot holes. There you go. Let us know <laughs> what you think happened there. Yeah, because I, I I saw that. I was like, wait a second. Wait a sec. Where did they come from? <laughs> yeah, I think I thought the same thing, but I was just kind of I like thought it over. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and that's a great film. It's so fun. It's by itself. It's I think people like went in with the bar set low for this film because a lot of people didn't know who Ant Man was, and so they were just like, "All right, it's a Marvel movie. We'll go check it out." But I I remember thinking that, and I went in super like pleasantly surprised by how fun it was, like action packed, but also funny, but again very accessible to new people. Uh, I think I. It wasn't the first Marvel film that I got my girlfriend to watch, but it was one of the first ones, and she really likes Ant-Man, so 
Oh, good. I like it. Because I'm glad that people are giving other superheroes a chance. Because, like, I'm excited to see what happens, like, after the Avengers. Like, if they're going to keep doing, like... New ones, yeah. Newer, or, like, maybe not mainstream superheroes. And I'm excited to see that. For sure. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, now that... We're kind of wrapping up the review. I am very mm-hmm. curious to know what your top three MCU films are. And if Ant-Man is not in that top three, uh, where, like around where in your list would you put Ant-Man? So Ant-Man is not in my top three. Um, Ant-Man is actually number 12. Nice. Okay. So it's pretty, it's pretty dead center when it comes to the films and it's not because it's bad it's just because there's so many good ones right it's it's hard to it's really hard to rank them like i i noticed that when when uh we see a new one and we're looking at our list we're like oh no like where am i gonna put it um but my top three are um number one is guardians of the galaxy volume two and okay yeah I think it's because Baby Groot, like, I just love Baby Groot, and Star-Lord's one of my favorite uh, superheroes. Um, He's up there. And he has uh, such a good, like, character development arc in that film, so I see that. Yes. Yeah, I love it. And then number two is Spider-Man Homecoming. Very, very, uh, very great film. I think you have to be, like, the fourth or fifth person to put Spider-Man as your number two, so... That's funny. Yeah, because it's just so, like, Tom Holland, to me, is the best Spider-Man that they've done, too. So, like, it's just all-around great film. So good. And my number three is Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it's a good one. It's so funny. Like, that that was where I think they peaked at their comedy in the, in the films. And plus, ugh, Chris Hemsworth. I mean, come on. Bang, yeah. <laughs> That's me with Loki. Like, I will take... Yeah. Tom Hiddleston, any day. If you're listening, hi, uh, big fan. Uh, Loki is the best. Please, please figure something out with that because I would love to see some more of of Loki. Um, yeah, no, he really grew on me. Like at first, I didn't really like Loki, like the first Thor, and then by by Ragnarok, I was like, okay, I'm I'm here for Loki. I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> So yeah, that's a that's a, I think that's a really great rating. I think I can't wait to get to Thor Ragnarok because I love that film so much. It's just so good. I love well, I don't want to give too many spoilers or anything, but yeah, it's really great. I love it. It's going to be up so. there, I think. Um but yeah, this is the 12th episode, so I will have 12 names on my list and I'm going to start from the top with my rating. Um so let's see where Ant-Man ended up. Number 1 Avengers. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three, Winter Soldier. Number four, Age of Ultron. Number five, Captain America. Number six, Iron Man. Number seven, Ant-Man. Number eight, Thor. Number nine, Incredible Hulk. Number 10, Iron Man 3. Number 11, Iron Man 2. And number 12, Thor Dark World. So yeah, was a really Ant-Man movie. <laughs> right in between Iron Man and Thor. I couldn't put it above Iron Man or Captain America. Um, but I didn't think it was a bad movie, so I was definitely gonna put it above like my lower tiers. So Yeah. That's fair. I think that's a 
definitely fair rating for it. Thank you. Because (laughs) I'm nervous the further we get in, the more hot takes I'm going to have and the more people are going to be like, how dare you put this film (laughs) all the way at number seven and not three. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. But it's fine. Well, I feel like that's how, like, my list is. Like, when I, like, look at my list, like, there is some unpopular opinions on my list, for sure. And that's fine. Like, that's you the know, whole everybody... fun part. It's, like, it's our opinion. Exactly. <laughs> so, And I think the no. thing that everybody can agree on is that we're all loving these films, even if we hate some of them. We all love the MCU, and, and that's that's the one thing everybody can agree on, so. Yes, exactly, exactly. The only time that I would think that somebody was just, like, totally wrong is if, like, Thor The Dark World was in their top three. I'd be like, hmm, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at you guys. You know who you are. (laughs) Make better choices. What's going on there? I know Loki (laughs) is beautiful in that film, but but let's just not pretend. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, before we get into Endgame and spoilers and all that, Lisa, thank you for coming out and chatting with me about Ant-Man. It's been fun. Thank you for having me. It's been great. So, yeah, yeah, if you liked hearing Lisa talk, talk to me about Ant-Man, follow her on Twitter. It's it's Lisa Lisa, right? Yeah. Lisa Lisa. So it's it's L-I-S-A-L-E-E-S-A-H-H. So Lisa Lisa, but it's like Lisa... It's yeah. great. Uh, it's the the phonetic way to say Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the same as your Instagram, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then um so yeah, and then of course follow me on Twitter for the updates for the podcast at the Snap MCU, uh just so you could be updated on episodes. Uh but yeah, we are getting into that spoiler territory. So if you're listening and you don't want to think about any spoilers or any theories or anything stop listening don't do that to yourself um the next episode we're going to be talking about civil war which is such a great film and it is the first time we see spider-man so can't wait for that um but yeah lisa going into endgame is there anything that you're really looking forward to or any theories that you have about the film so i have a ridiculous theory give it to me okay so (laughs) so Nebula and and Tony are in space, right? Right. Together. And, like, from what we've seen, like, Tony's, like, about to die, right? But, so, Nebula is mostly a robot. So, I think that Tony does die in space and that Nebula fixes him up so that way he's, like, still alive, but he's, like, part robot. What? <laughs> like, I know it's a ridiculous theory, but it totally could happen. Like, he's got, like, he's got his his te- technology, and, like, she's, like, knows how to, like, m- make things robots. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's ridiculous. Interesting theory. That is ridiculous, but I kind of dig it. How, like- well, because, like, not only that, but then when you see everybody in the quantum suits, Right. Right. War Machine is in, like, a big suit. Like, his War Machine. But Tony is in just regular old, hey, I'm a dude in a suit. Like, he's not in his I Iron Man suit. I did notice that. That's strange. Like, why else would he not have, like, his Iron Man? Because he's a robot now. He's a That's robot now. <laughs> I love it. Is there, like, a comic where this happens? Or are you just really no, just pulling this, this is out? Just, 
This is just this is all Lisa. This is an this all is Lisa all theory. <laughs> I like that. I like it. I think I think it'd be really interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like after seeing like this was when I saw the just like the like earlier trailers. Now with the newer trailers, I'm I'm leaning towards that's probably not the case. Yeah, but, but I think it'd be I really think that'd cool. be really fun. That'd be really cool. That'd be a really cool talking point. If if Iron Man, well if Tony Stark is a robot now, is he making it out? Is he making it out alive? Uh, do I think that um I think I think Tony's gonna die. I do. Okay. I, I really I, I think that it, I think that Tony and Cap both have to die. Yes. To be completely honest with you. And I'm almost thinking that maybe Thor will too. No, no. No. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a, I don't, a temper tantrum. <laughs> I don't want Thor to die. I just feel like they are the original three that we really like knew about. And they're not doing any more movies that we know of anyways. And I just think that that might, if, if Thor doesn't die, I think he's going to fly away and never come back. He's going to be like, all right, never coming back to earth guys. You guys got to figure it out. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see that for sure. It just makes me so sad because Ragnarok was so good and it was such it was the third installment like why why couldn't they just have nailed it so we got at least one more fun movie yeah with that Thor well because like well that and like with Hulk like I mean I think that Bruce Banner is going to be gone I think it's just going to be Hulk I think the same Um, thing I think I think um what the next time Hulk comes out Banner's done yeah which I think needs to happen because uh, I love uh, it's just hard because I, I I it's just hard when it comes to Hulk because Bruce Banner is kind of a little bitch mm. he just really is yeah you know? he is <laughs> I love him but he really is that's he a, really is the entire like thought process I had rewatching Age of Ultron is that like like dude you just saw what Tony and you did to Ultron and like Tony's trying to convince you to do something again and you can't stand up for yourself like he's like yeah. I don't want to I don't want to but he does it anyway like it's like come on you're such a little bitch I love him yeah. but he is he, uh, yeah mm-hmm. like I love him too and Mark Ruffalo I think is a great Bruce Banner but like he's just the character's just a little <laughs> bitch <laughs> just give us Hulk full time it, it was See, great but, like I think a lot of characters are bitches like <laughs> Like, that's part of why I don't, like, Captain America is one of my least favorite superheroes, because I think he's a little bitch most of the time, too. Like, not as much when we get into Infinity War, but, like, before that, it's just, like, <sighs> yeah. it just makes me so mad. That's how I feel watching the first Captain America, is that, like, okay, he's cool, whatever, and then we go into Avengers, and I'm just like, he's just annoying me. Like, yes. let them do their Avengers thing and stop trying to, like... I don't want to use the word cockblock because he's not cockblocking, but he's like, in a sense, he is like Avengers blocking. Like he's like, he's like that kid when you were in high school that would raise his hand, be like, "But you didn't collect the homework." (laughs) That's like what he is. Oh, that's Captain America. (laughs) That is Captain America. Oh my god! Right? (laughs) Oh man! Oh man! uh, but, like, Tony, he's just an asshole. Like, all the characters, like, have something about them that I don't like. But, like, it makes me love every single one of them, though, too. Because they have something that I can't stand about them. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess that's what makes that makes them who they are, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I don't really have many more theories. Like I love it though. I love the Iron Man Tony Stark robot. I like that. Isn't that fun? Like every other theory is like pretty much everybody else's theories. Like things I've seen on YouTube or like just And things that you could like see coming. And I feel like this one is a fun one that like is one of those things that could be a shocker. It could be like, oh shit. Right. (laughs) Because that makes sense. Like he really is hanging out with Nebula up there. Like, what are they doing? Right? Like, and, like, obviously they both, well, I mean, like, like you said, the trailers could all be lies. But from what we can see is both Nebula and Tony both come to Earth. So, I mean, like, what? Like, how, though? Because, like, he was dying, unless that's another timeline thing, because with all the timeline theories. could pick him up. You could get, yeah. um, what's her name? Um, Pepper Potts to be rescue. Come get him. Yeah. Which I've seen There's a that lot there of was like theories. Pictures but... of her with like the clothes on that mm-hmm. go underneath her suit. So like that could be a thing. And I don't know, just in like the timeline things with like um Black Widow's hair. Right. Yeah. That's that's like the biggest like thing that I thought about is that like clearly there's a huge time jump going on because her hair is like grown out red with the blonde tips. I think mm-hmm. that's the clear as day way to see that there's a time jump. But again, there's been like, I think the clip after Captain Marvel where she shows up and meets the Avengers, Black Widow has blonde hair. So like how long has Captain Marvel been with them? Like, it's just, it's a lot. And I, that's why I feel like they could be lying to us. And I don't want to, like, I want to make these yeah. theories and I'm having fun with it, but it's like, I can't believe too much of what's already out there. Exactly. And that's why I'm like having fun with like extreme theories, because it's like, well, we don't really know what's going to happen. So like, let's just be ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> but I am excited for Ronan to show up. Like, yes. Hawkeye. Like, I love Hawkeye because he's like, he's just kind of there. Exactly. He's underappreciated. And I feel like Ronan is going to fuck shit up. Like, I'm excited yes. for that. Like, I feel like we're not, we're not going to be just be like, oh, Hawkeye, whatever. Now we're going to be like, dude, this guy is bad ass. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's like he wasn't in Infinity War at all. And I just want to know, like, how dark is he? Is he going to help us or is he going to be like somebody in our way? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like me well, either think- until just now. <laughs> Because, like, I feel like he would at least try to help because, like, the reason why he's so dark now and so is because his family's gone. But, at least that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, but, like, what if he blames the Avengers, you know? Like, what if he's like, y'all oh. didn't stop it? And then he, like, and, like, Nat um, goes over there to to get him and sees what he's doing and he like turns on her and they have a fight and it's like a callback to their fight in Avengers when he was like brainwashed. Like that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. They've had a lot of fights. They had a fight in civil war too. So yeah, that'd just be another fun fight between them. Well, you heard, you've heard the theory that Hawkeye has been a scroll the whole time, right? Yeah. I don't, I used to believe that theory before we saw Captain Marvel. And now I'm kind of like, I don't think it would be him. I don't think it could be. I don't know who it could be if it's anybody at all. You know what there I mean? There was a like, theory that it's Nebula. Um, ne- Nebula is a spell yeah, out of everyone? I can't remember if I have said this theory on the podcast or not yet. So if I have, I'm just going to repeat myself. Uh, but there's a theory that... So at the, you've seen Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. At the end, when um, 
Rambo's uh, daughter is talking to the little scrawl girl and she's like, don't change your eyes. Like if you have to stay, don't change your eyes. Um, and there was like a scene where they zoomed in and she had like really dark, like all dark eyes. And then like, apparently the way she walked was very similar to Nebula. Like Nebula has that swing the way she walks. Hmm. And somebody had a theory that, uh, at the end when Ronan's like, I'll go back for the girl or whatever he says, he's talking about Captain Marvel, but he goes, let's say he goes back for the girl. Um, the scroll girl goes to protect Captain Marvel and is like transforms into her. He takes her instead of Carol Danvers has the scroll girl on his ship delivered to Thanos around the same time that Thanos is now adopting Gamora. And he's mad about this and he doesn't want his, this girl to shapeshift anymore. So he slowly takes pieces apart of her um, as she battles with Gamora to train them both up. Now she's basically all robotic. So she can't even transform anymore because all of like her skin is now like a robot. So that was a, that was a really cool theory that I saw online. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. I'm going to have to look into that one more. That's really cool. Yeah. So that was a really cool, that's the only person that I could think of that could be a scroll. Maybe Rhodey. That would be really cool if it was Rhodey. Um, mm-hmm. That's, I think that was it. Because, like, Rhodey's the only person that we don't really know anything about their backstory. So that's true. That is true. What if it's Falcon? Wouldn't that be crazy, too? <gasps> that would be crazy, because we don't know anything about his backstory. He just says that he served in the army, you know? Yeah. What army did he serve? Did he serve mm. the Scroll army? Mm. Hey. <laughs> And, like, he he wears, like, the suits and stuff, so, like, you know, he, he doesn't have any, like, superpowers, so. Very interesting. Crazy stuff. What is your craziest endgame theory you've heard? Hmm. Well, I like the scroll theory that I just said. Uh, the craziest? I don't, I don't really know. I did hear a cool one about, like, how the quantum realm and the planet of um, Sakaar, or Kassar. Uh-huh. I think it's Sakaar, right? It's the one that they go to at Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. That that is, they're, they're in the same place. Um, oh, so, like, that little city is Sakaar. Yeah, so, basically, uh, I want to give a shout-out. I think this was the Super Carlin Brothers. I've mentioned them before on the podcast uh, because they have a lot of really cool theories, but they said that um, you know, when they talk about Sakaar and they introduce you to there when Thor is going through the little ride, uh, he says, they say like, it's in between any, everywhere and nowhere. It's like the in between. And that's the same description we get of the quantum realm. And you notice like when Thor is like spinning out after Hela like hits him out and he's spinning out his entrance into Sakaar, like going through all those dimensions looks very similar to what Scott looked like when he goes into the uh, quantum realm. so yeah so there was a theory that all the like lost souls or whatever are just like hanging out in sakar but i think that's a little much but that would be a cool like for those places to be the same thing because time works differently in sakar too like um the what is his name jeff jeff uh what's his name jeff goldblum yeah i can't think of his actual name it's not the collector it's the something and Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I can't remember right now. But he even mentions that he would be like over a thousand years old anywhere else. But here, time works differently. Same thing with the quantum realm. Time works differently 
Um, so yeah, that was a really cool theory that had something to do with like the end game. Um, but yeah. yeah. And like, I'm interested too, because like the ancient one, uh, and from, from Dr. Strange, mm-hmm. like the mirror realm, like rewatching Ant-Man recently, I noticed that when Ant-Man's in the quantum realm, he's in a mirror realm. Yes. Realm. And did you know, I don't know if you've looked at IMDb, but, um, she is on the list of characters yes. who are supposed to be in this film, even though she's dead. That's true. Yeah, I did see that she's on the on the list, and I'm I'm really stoked about that because, like, I think that like Doctor Strange knows how to use the quantum realm, like before also, like we even really knew about it. I wonder what happened to that dude from Doctor Strange that like went off on a tangent that they like. I guess was supposed to be a teaser for Doctor Strange 2. Do you know who I'm talking about? His, like, friend that, like, was mad that they abused space and time. So he, at the end of the movie, he started finding all the other people who had been trained under her and um, was, like, taking, like, killing them. I wonder if he's going to be in Endgame or if that's going to just be completely saved for Doctor Strange 2. And has Doctor Strange 2 actually been announced? Because, like... I don't think it's been, like, announced, like, on the Disney scale yet, like, of them having their, uh their like conference but i think it was like teased out a while ago okay cool well i'm stoked for that then because like dr strange was kind of low on my list but it's still a great film same i have well i have dr strange and um ant-man right next to each other so yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see more of that because like i know i know that dr strange knows the quantum realm but i don't think he knows it as the quantum realm right so I'm excited to see this all merge together with Endgame. It's only, what, like three weeks away now? Yeah. We're I'm, so uh, soon. I'm so excited. So close. Oh, my gosh. Like, we already have our tickets. Like, yeah. I'm so yeah. stoked. Oh, it's going to be good. I, like, I already told my work. I was like, I'm going to be tired the next day. I was like, I got a late showing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be out real late. <laughs> I don't think I took off work, but it's fine because I have, I'm going to the late showing, so I don't, I'm not going to, it's not going to interfere with work or anything. But, uh, I don't know what I'm going to uh, do. I'm just like, I'm like, almost like without words because I'm so excited. <laughs> to see and that's why I have made this podcast because of that reason, because we're yeah, excited. We want to talk about it. Uh, we want to spread the hype and prepare ourselves. So that's exactly why we're here. Yeah. And I'm, I'm loving it too, because like, I rewatched all these films really recently like maybe a month or two ago we finished all of them but like now i get to recap them again like listening to your podcast and so i don't have to rewatch the full films you know what i mean yeah it's awesome i love it it is awesome so yeah uh again thank you lisa for coming out and hanging out chatting with me about ant man thank you for having me yeah it's been so much fun (laughs) it has been i'm excited we're we're getting we're getting in there this is episode 12 so about like nine more and then and then that's it then it's end game so so yeah again thank you for coming on and also thank you everybody for listening like i said the next episode in the series is going to be about civil war such a fun film so definitely check that episode out and and yeah follow us on twitter for the updates for the episodes it's at the snap mcu so you could see when the next one's posted and keep in touch with us uh but yeah thank you all for listening and lisa thank you for coming on thank you again this has been great so yeah goodbye everybody